Good morning. Our second scripture reading this morning is from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to you, I say to everyone among you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function, so we, who are many, are one body in Christ. And individually we are members one of another. I want to read that verse again. So we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually we are members one of another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhortation, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, God who is all that is, God who weaves together and holds together and molds and forms this body of Christ, we thank you. We thank you for the gift of being. We thank you for the gift of life. We thank you for the gift of these bodies and of this body. Remind us, O oh God, always, keep us aware always of your presence within and among and through it all, and even through us. I mean, you put into my mouth the words you would have me speak, and take from my mouth those you would not. Amen. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a spoiler alert here at the start. This sermon is going to be fully about finding your place within your body as a way of discovering your place within the whole body. So if I stray from that, raise your hand, maybe. Say, nope, that's not what you said you were going to talk about. I feel like I should offer that up front because I feel like so often what I have been saying again and again has been really pressing upon finding stillness, right? finding a calmness, a sense of presence here within as a way of understanding our place within the whole. 
And I love this passage today because it really just kind of drives it home. Another spoiler, this is another favorite, right? I love the way scripture talks about a body. I love the way scripture talks about us being part of the body. And yet this passage in particular is kind of different in a way to me, at least when I read it. I feel like when I think of other scriptural passages talking about the body, it kind of plays it out. Like who's the arm, who's the eye? There's a little more specificity. The foot shouldn't say the, different passages. To me though, this feels a little bit different because it's very specific to roles that we play. It's very specific to roles that we play, but it also starts out with Paul talking about our bodies being living sacrifices. And I feel like those two things are connected, our bodies as living sacrifices and an understanding of what it means to be part of this body. What role do we play here? What part do I fit within the whole? But I I think, I I confess that I struggle a little bit still or as I sat with this text, you know, what does that actually mean, living sacrifice? What does that mean to be a living sacrifice? I think this is a phrase that so often maybe we have heard or said. I know for me, a lot of times I heard this phrase a lot more when I was in more evangelical spaces where there was a talking about your body as a living sacrifice, but it was kind of brushed over in a way what that really meant. It's like, just love God with all you are. Yes, absolutely love God with all you are. And then it would get into, and a lot of times even I realized as I was reading this list, the thing I kept sitting with was prophecy. And I was like, why do I go to prophecy? Because I keep, there's this whole other list of things. And I realized that for me in those same spaces where I was learning about my body being a living sacrifice, there was also a lot of language around prophecy or a lot more, I would say, even charismatic spaces, these charismatic expressions of the spirit, right? So even when I read this passage, I realized, oh, I'm having a little bit of a trigger moment. I'm having a little bit of a moment where I realized, because those experiences, what they taught me to do was to completely ignore my body. To completely ignore what was happening here within, and I don't even mean my body, like, I mean just like, what am I feeling? What's going on? What's happening here in this way? And what I realize a lot of times when I think about now, what does it mean, like if you gloss over what it means to be a living sacrifice, for your body to be a living sacrifice, then you can run into this list of tasks that become almost disembodied. Because we don't, I don't know for me, I don't know that I really know how to think about what it means to be a sacrifice. Then it's like, what does that mean? What was the purpose of sacrifice? Even when we look at within Old Testament law, what does that mean? What was the purpose? Ultimately, what was the goal of these sacrifices that happened? And I realize even when you talk about it now, of like somebody who makes a sacrifice, whether it's in, um, in baseball, right? People have, you know, sacrifice run, right? Or if you're talking about a sacrifice that you may make where you put, you give something up, you're offering something out. Not necessarily giving something up. A lot of times it's an offering something out. But what I realize is a sacrifice is the offering something of something for the purpose of the whole. It's an offering out of something for the purpose of the whole. So what does it mean if my body becomes a living sacrifice for the purpose of the whole? And I I got caught on that one passage because I think it speaks to it so beautifully. We are all part of the body of Christ. And yet individually, we also belong to one another. How beautiful that is. So then when I think about my body as a living sacrifice, I realize, wait a second, I get to live here. I'm going to live in this body 
offer my body as a living sacrifice. And I start to think about what it means to live here, and I realize that so many of those charismatic experiences I've had in the past, they forgot the body. They went straight to spirit. And what happens then is that you can get kind of a spiritual bypassing, where you forget that Jesus, as the presence of God here among us, was the presence of God here among us in human flesh. He was here in human flesh, just like you and I are here in human flesh. So then that list of different roles and things that people take, that people are, are, are invited into, makes a lot more sense because I realize as I start to live and to be present more in my body, then I have a deeper level of wisdom and understanding about what I am called to do, about who I am called to be. I start to see that, oh, I have these gifts or skills as an exhorter. That's someone who talks. But you start to realize that we each have these gifts, but I don't know that. But if I can sit to be present, it's almost like if you were to go around today and say to somebody, what do you do well? What do you do well? Can somebody, tell me something you do well. You get these like blank stares a lot of times, right? And then it's like, well, what do you do poorly? Oh, let me give you the laundry list of what I don't do well. This list here that's offered, the gifts that are offered, those are all things that people do well. It doesn't say, oh, this gift is going to be given to the person who does this really poorly. So this is what you do well, but we don't know how to know what we do well, right? A lot of times we may hear what other people tell us we do well. But again, just like that external thing, that's an external sense of validation, but ultimately got to come back here to this center, to this presence, to this stillness that is here, that can be found in prayer, in meditation, which here's the thing I'm realizing, prayer and meditation, they're the same. There may be different intention, you may communicate in different ways, but ultimately when we talk about prayer, when we talk about meditation, we are talking about being present and still with all that is and communing with that. God is all that is. Mindfulness is turning that outward. That's then saying, I'm going to take this stillness, I'm going to take this presence, I'm going to take this awareness of who I am at my core, and I'm going to turn it out into the world, and I'm going to engage. And then I love it because this list makes even more sense. You've got this thing, this is where it's going to carry out. You've got this thing here, this gift, this thing that you do well, and you're going to carry that into the world. That is your gift from the divine to then carry out as part of the body of Christ into the world. Isn't that beautiful? But what gets me is that we live in a society that tells us that's arrogant to say, I do this well. What I love about Jim's experience, I'll say, with children's time this morning, is handing around a box with a mirror and having the whole group of people say, I'm the most important person here. And you're like, but there's going to be conflict here. Because what if I think I'm the most important person here? Allison thinks she's the most important person here. But what if we conflict, right? But see, that's the thing why the lesson is so beautiful, Jim, of what you offer. Because I realize that we are all the most important person here. So that means both that I am validated, I am seen, I am known and honored, that I am so beloved by God. 
And so is Allison. So I get to figure that out. We get to figure that out, but we get to enter the conversation with a trust in our belovedness, which makes for a lot more profound conversation, space for transformation. If you're engaging from a trust and a belief that we are equally beloved and owned and honored and valued and claimed by God. And I got to tell you what, it is a lot easier to sit down at tables with people who I may disagree with or who I may have conflicting opinions or ideas about if I know clearly and fully that I am owned and beloved by God. Because what I then get to realize is those experiences with people with whom I disagree isn't a conflict or isn't a negative conflict. It's a necessary conflict, but ultimately it's a way to experience more of the divine. Because I realize this person with whom I may have conflict is equally a bearer of God as am I. We each hold within us that imago Dei. Each and every one of us. And here's the thing, is that the more grounded and clear I am on who I am and my belovedness, the less willing I am to try to engage somebody else's. Because I know what a profound gift it is to truly feel in my body my belovedness. And I know that there is no way that I would ever begin to presume to take that from someone else. That's not mine to do. Mine is to love them, to love myself, to love my neighbor as myself, and in that to realize and to experience the love of God that transcends it all. It tells me that I, that you, that we, not only belong to one another, but that we are one another. We are part of one another. We cannot escape that. No amount of pushing away from ourselves or each other can separate the love which holds us. It can just make it harder for us to see the love which holds us. Friends, God is all that is. God is all that is. Which means there is no way that you are not part of God. Now, our knowledge, the way in which that that veil of knowledge can prevent us from seeing that. But what's amazing is that as we learn to sit here and be present in our bodies, we begin then not just to think and to believe that we are God's beloved, but to know that we are God's beloved. These thinking minds, they are so good for so many things. And yet I love this realization that came to me just recently is that these thinking minds, all the sentences, all the words you would ever speak, all the thoughts, they are held by these parentheses right here, these temples right here that remind you that ultimately all these thinking, all these thoughts, it is held. It is a holy space, not just here, but all. It is a temple of the beloved the living, breathing God here. So live here. Live here. Be here. Claim your beautifulness, your belovedness. And I want to close with just one thing that occurred to me today. 
and send it with you as, your fi as my final word today. I realized recently, and I've said this a lot, that I'm kind of a strange person. Right? I'm eccentric. I'm, I'm claiming this. This is good. This is a good thing. But I was like, gosh, I was sort of reflecting, and I was like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of weird. I'm kind of weird. And I was thinking about all the people I know and how much, how much I love having conversations with people about being weird. Because when you start to talk to people, you realize that other people think they're weird too. Everybody has this thing that they think is weird about them. A lot of times it's often the source of our shame growing up. You're like, I'm not ever going to tell anybody that thing because that's this weird, unique thing that nobody else has. And I'm afraid that if I tell them about it, then they're going to think that I'm even weirder and then I'm going to feel more shame. Here's the thing, y'all. I realized today that the world was never changed by a boring person. It has never been changed by something, someone coming along and saying, you know what, here's the thing, I think we just keep doing things the way that we've always done them. Because the world needs to change right now. We can feel it. We can thirst for it. We can hunger for it. We can feel it in our bodies. The world needs to change. So if there ever were a time to embrace the weird, quirky, particular thing that is just you. Right now is a beautiful time to consider doing that. Claim the weirdness, the quirkiness, the awkwardness, the tenderness. Claim those parts of you. It is in those parts, I guarantee you, that you will find the deeply beloved holiness that holds you. Amen.